0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaching Confidence podcast and also live here on Instagram. This is the opportunity for you guys to ask me questions, to get your fitness, nutrition, mindset questions all answered here live on Instagram. So if you do have any questions, please put them in the comments section or put them in the questions button below and I'll make sure to get them answered. Now, uh, some of you guys have already put your questions in on the stories, which is great cause I will get straight in and answer them. So we've got the first one coming in from Shane Lidler, a regular here on the Instagram lives. And, uh, the question is I don't sleep much lately cause I've got a lot of studies going on. How will it affect my training? Well, that's a great question, Shane. And sleep is something which makes a massive difference to how we perform. Um, your, your body goes through multiple sleep cycles each night and there's different phases of sleep. So it depends on like how you're actually sleeping as to how um, you're going to perform, how you're going to recover. If you can remember things like to have to get deep sleep and to get REM sleep are really important as both um, light sleep as well. So how is it going to affect your training well the truth is mate if you're not sleeping enough you're not going to recover enough you're not going to grow right so if you're trying to get fitter faster stronger bigger whatever it is your body isn't going to be able to recover from the training stimulus that you do as much as it would like if you're not sleeping enough like we need to sleep for seven to nine hours a night And not only are we talking about the initial recovery process from that one night, but there's a a cumulative effect over the time that we are losing sleep. Like if you don't sleep enough, then you struggle to concentrate enough the next day. You struggle with your leptin and ghrelin, which are your hormones, which regulate your appetite as well. So if you're trying to lose weight, then actually um, it's been found that if you don't get enough sleep, if you stay up too late, then ghrelin, which is your kind of hunger hormone, increases, and leptin, which is your hormone which kind of tells you that you're full, decreases. So not only are you staying awake longer, but and then probably snacking on something later at night, but also your hormonal regulation changes as well. So effectively, sleep is the number one best thing that you can do for your human performance for for you to be a human being, right? Sleep is like the number one best thing. So that is what I would suggest for you is like, honestly, don't sacrifice anything else. Don't like, um, let anything else go, get your sleep. It's got to be the thing that matters the most because, it regulates so many of your human functions like this is the one thing that I really that really like resonated with me a lot was that when you're asleep you obviously can't defend yourself right when you're asleep you are completely vulnerable to predators when you're asleep you are unable to like fight off anything so as an evolutionary process if we think that the body is trying to become the best body possible yeah like human beings are constantly trying to evolve to the environment you would think that if sleep wasn't important that it would have evolved out of us like your body's constantly trying to improve itself to be better in the environment that it's in if sleep wasn't important we wouldn't need it right we would have stopped sleeping but it's super important um so how is it going to affect your training shane significantly you're probably not going to be able to perform as well as you would do in the gym normally you're not gonna well you might find it much harder to to eat um at constant levels and eat the right types of foods and not kind of snack on loads of sugar and stuff and if you're trying to lose weight then it's going to make it harder as well and um also you say you're trying to study well if you want to remember things then you need to get deep and REM sleep so That is when you're kind of really deep into sleep and you're dreaming and stuff that helps you the creativity that helps you with um, a lot of other kind of key mind functions. But also deep sleep is where those memories that you've had and those um, things that you've learned that day really bed in to your brain. So if you're trying to study, getting your sleep should be an absolute non-negotiable thing. You should sacrifice other things ahead of sleep. Like there seems to be this kind of trend in developed nations that sleep is uh, like you wear it as a badge of honor if you don't get that much sleep. Like, oh, I was up till two o'clock doing that report or I was I was up super early doing that thing. And like I only got like four hours sleep last night or I only got five hours sleep the night before. And honestly, it's fucking stupid. Like this idea that we should be sacrificing sleep is idiotic because sleep is the fundamental way that we recover as human beings. And every single thing that goes on in your life, every single thing day to day that happens that stresses you like noise pollution, light pollution, radiation, training, stress, all of these things. They add up, and sleep is the first thing which helps you to deal with all of these things. So, if you want to be healthy, if you want to be fit, if you want to live long, if you want to reduce your chances of heart disease, cancer, like metabolic diseases, Alzheimer's, literally the vast majority of of, of diseases, the risk comes down if you sleep the right amount of time. So, I actually can't stress (laughs) enough quite how important it is to get your seven to nine hours sleep and it's quite ironic because I actually recognize that I do look quite sleepy which is strange because I got fucking loads of sleep last night uh I think it was just because I was watching tv a minute ago That's, <laughs> um but yeah it is it's super super important so Shane get your get your seven to nine hours in sacrifice other things sacrifice drinks with your mate sacrifice um late night watching tv sacrifice whatever it is that you need to sacrifice in order to get that sleep time because um it's not cool to 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 miss out on your sleep it's not cool to be working until 2 a.m like if you're working until 2 a.m if you're studying until 2 a.m then you fucked up somewhere else like if you're studying until 2 a.m you're not doing the rest of the time you're not using the rest of your time properly in that day so Time scheduling is really important. How you use your, the hours in your day really important. But you should always give yourself a nine hour window of opportunity to get to sleep because it is going to make a massive difference. Good question, though. I like where your head's at. Recovery is super important, guys, and we often don't address that topic enough. Um, Moving on to a kind of related question from Prenny underscore Y. how do you stay proactive and organized when it comes to time management well Prenny time management is a very important thing and for a lot of us um who maybe were working in offices or maybe we had jobs which were oh no someone just called me in the middle of doing this live that is less than ideal hey guys sorry about that uh <laughs> someone called me in the middle of doing this live it's the first time that's happened uh, so the uh, the feed cut out which i do apologize for um what i was saying is that a lot of us have used to working offices we're used to having bosses we're used to having our time scheduled for us but because of corona because we are now living at home and working at home and effectively becoming um responsible for our own time management things are getting a little bit difficult so what I would say is if you want to get really really focused with this um, the first thing I would suggest is every Friday like mid-afternoon plan your week right and what I mean by that is put all of the things that you do in a day in your diary like you can get really meticulous with this Um, you can literally like say on a Friday okay so what's my next week looking like right what are the main things that take up the most time now it could be that you want to go macro and you go okay so work I work from 9am to 5pm every day and I have an hour's break for lunch and then you just simply just block out those two times in your diary Monday to Friday then you go okay so what are the other things I need to do okay well Maybe you're going to exercise. So you need to block out time for exercising. You need to block out time for showering like I, afterwards, getting changed before traveling to wherever it is that you're going to exercise, putting all these things in your diary. And then you obviously need to eat. So planning out when you're going to eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. Maybe you need to make those foods as well. So either you're you're bulk buying or you're um, going to be doing it each day, in which case you need to put in time like that. Honestly, you can get meticulous with it. You can get really really detailed with it. And if you have a lot on, if you're the kind of person that really struggles with time management, if you're the kind of person that's constantly late or if you are someone who has a lot on and is finding themselves going to sleep very late because things kind of get get ahead of you, then this is something that's really really important for you to do. And you can even put into your diary things like your um time that you spend watching tv your time that you spend speaking to your friends on the phone like your time going out with friends literally like all of these things you can block out when you're talking about time management time management isn't just the time you spend for work time management is your entire time your life the things that you do so like if you're someone that is struggling with sleep like we talked about a second ago then putting into your diary on your phone The time that you need to go to sleep, like setting that nine hour time window of, let's say, 10 p.m., all the way through to like 7 a.m. That is your time window, and that is when you're going to be trying to sleep. Like putting all these things in, you'll notice that when you start adding things in over time, I personally find it helps to take some of the stress and anxiety out of what it is that you're doing each day, especially if you've done it on this, like on a Friday afternoon. And then you're planning for the rest of the week, then it means that you wake up on a Monday morning. You're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing today. I know all of the times that I've got to do this. And it's sweet. And if you want to, you know, if you're not necessarily sure how long things are going to take, give yourself a 15 minute buffer and um, uh, on whichever thing that you're putting in and it allows it to kind of go over for a little bit. And if it doesn't, then you kind of earn 15 minutes back and you can just chill. You can like have a coffee or like relax for a moment, whatever it is. These kind of things are really important to do when it comes to organization. When it comes to time management, it's literally a case of just getting ahead of the game, not being reactive, but being proactive. So that would be my my main suggestions on that. But pretty great question. Love where your head's at. Good. Good, good, good. Good thinking. Um, Right. This is an interesting one. So D underscore the go has asked, I have exams coming up. Can you recommend a strategy for studying? Yes, mate. What I would massively recommend is going to your lectures, writing the notes as the lecturer is giving you the notes, then going home, reading back through your notes, doing the work that was set that night. So you're answering questions or you're reading or you're doing whatever it is. So you learn the information. And then when it comes to studying back, do do right what i mean by that is don't just read and think it's going to go in do something if it means writing an essay if it means answering questions if it means telling your friends or your mum or your dad or what your sister whatever it is um what it is that you're learning that would be my best advice doing stuff that's the way you'll actually learn the information and you can regurgitate it right and this is from a guide that uh, did a, a, a degree in petroleum engineering, got a first class honours degree in petroleum engineering while running a fitness business and going on holiday all the time. Like I did not sacrifice social occasions. I was working full time, studying full time, socialising full time and sleeping for nine hours a night. So trust me when I tell you that is the way to do it. Uh, Cashbow is put in the comments with regards to our previous question about time management relentlessly prioritize block two times two hours for prior shut down EMA and phone during the red line block have 15 minutes break then start the next block great idea good idea my darling right let's see what other questions we have got from you guys and <laughs> it seems like everyone's asking the same sort of questions today we've had one come in another one from another person Victor underscore Wiggin saying should you stay up late doing work well oh you know what mate I actually it really does depend okay so staying up late is personal so it all kind of depends on what your chronotype is and what that what I mean by that is if you were if you didn't have to set an alarm if you didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time how would your natural sleep pattern fall so for me you know from like 21 through to about 29 i would have to get up at like five half five six a.m for work you know as a pt i'd be working with clients that wanted to train before they go to their work so i'm so i'm like working from 6 a.m every day sometimes 5 30 i once had a client ask me <clears throat> if i could if i could train her at 4:30 in the morning <laughs> 4 30 in the morning I, I, I looked at her and I said, now, you see, if I train you at 4.30, then I have to wake up before 4 a.m. Now, before 4 a.m., that's not the morning. That is nighttime. That's not fucking happening. So I what I straight out. I was like, I am not doing it. Um, But I did get up at between 5 and 6 a.m. for about eight years in a row. And now I'm not doing that gyms are shut, I don't work as a PT that has to train people in the morning anymore, I have a couple of clients that run their own businesses so I train them around mid-morning which means I can wake up when I like and it's fucking wonderful because what I've realized is that my natural body clock is kind of late hour bias and what that means is that I will naturally go to sleep around 11 30 12 o'clock at night and I'll naturally wake up around 8 or 8 30 in the morning but there are some people that are um, like proper night owl biases. You know, they will be um, going to sleep at like 1 a.m. Wake, and they want to wake up at like 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then some people that want to go to sleep at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night and they'll wake up at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. It really does differ. And as a species, as a human species, we, we have people that range from early all the way through to late night. And so the question of should I stay up late doing work, Victor, my answer would be it depends what your chronotype is. Are you a night owl? In which case it might actually be a good idea for you to stay up until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night doing work because it doesn't really affect you that much because you're going to get up at nine o'clock in the morning. However, if you are an early riser, if you're someone that naturally is waking up at 6am or 5am even some people, crazy ass people waking up at 4.30 in the morning, then maybe don't stay up late doing work if that's you. Get up early and then do your work early. The problem is sometimes that we are not able to figure this information out right? because we have to get up for work, because we have other responsibilities, because we can't fall asleep at the time that we want to fall asleep. These things do have an impact. So although yes your chronotype is important and it's what you'll naturally kind of fall into some of us don't quite have the privilege of that of being able to do that and like I had only really recently been able to do that and so you kind of have to work within your situation through your life situations and um, if you're getting up early don't study late brings me back to my, my my first point which is you need to be sleeping from seven to nine hours a night. Okay. If you're not getting that amount of sleep, you're really shooting yourself in the foot with your studies. Because if you don't get enough deep sleep, you're not going to remember what you did anyway. So it's kind of pointless. You know, it's um like the two things that if you are trying to remember things, two things you don't want to do. The first one is drink alcohol afterwards, because if you drink alcohol, even a couple of beers, a proper glass of wine. After trying to study, you're most likely not going to remember. You're going to really struggle to remember all that stuff. And the other thing is you don't want to sacrifice sleep. Okay, deep sleep helps you to remember things. So take all that information as you like, Victor, and then I'm sure that you'll come up with a fantastic solution for your problem. All right. Let's see what other kind of cool questions you guys have got. Um, Okay, we're going to dive in with some weight loss, fat loss chat. And we have got a question. Rocky Tylo, weight loss versus fat loss. For fat loss, should my weights be heavier and eating higher protein? All right, so let's differentiate, shall we? Should we differentiate between weight loss and fat loss? Because I think it's important the two times get thrown together. But what is the difference? Well, weight loss is effectively just when the number on the scale gets smaller, right? Because that's weight. It is just literally the amount of force that is going down through that scale. That is the number that you see, right? Whereas fat loss is seeing that number go down specifically through a reduction in body fat, because you can lose weight for a bunch of different reasons. You can lose weight for going to the toilet. You can lose weight if you If you don't drink for a day, if you don't eat anything for a day, you're gonna lose weight. If you lose body fat, you'll lose weight. If you lose muscle mass, you'll also lose weight. If you have a terrible accident and you lose your arm, you'll also lose weight. None of these things help you have better body composition. What you want, what most of you guys want, which the vast majority of people want, is you wanna have less body fat You want to have more muscle mass and you want to feel fucking sexy. That's what we want fat loss for. So this goes on to the next part of the question. For fat loss, should my weights be heavier and be eating higher protein? Rocky Tylo, yes. Generally, they should. Because the main thing that we want to try and stimulate with fat loss, any sort of fat loss plan, is we want to we want to stimulate muscle growth or at least muscle s- sustain s- sustenance we want to maintain muscle mass and at the very least and we want to lose body fat and so body fats lost when you're in a calorie deficit okay so over an extended period of time you want to make sure that you're eating less than is coming in Right, so you want to make sure you're burning more energy than you are eating on a daily basis for an extended period of time. That'll put you in a calorie deficit, and that is where you're going to lose body fat. However, if you're in a calorie deficit and you're not you're not telling your body that you need muscle mass, your body will let it go, right? Because it doesn't need it. And muscle mass is an expensive thing to um, to maintain. So, how do we stimulate your muscles, how do we tell your body that we need muscle? By lifting heavy weights by by resistance training. And so effectively, if you lift weights or do some sort of resistance training and you eat a high protein diet, that's going to tell your body that you need to maintain the muscle mass that you have, or ideally build more muscle mass. And then with this in combination with a calorie-controlled diet, with a calorie-restricted diet. AKA being in a calorie deficit, your body's going to go, okay, cool. Well, I'm getting enough protein and I need to hold on to my muscle mass, but I'm not getting enough energy. So I'm going to lose body fat, maintain muscle mass, and everyone's a fucking winner. So that's what you want to be doing. That is the trick. That's the way that we look good. You know, that's how we all all want to be looking good and feeling good and feeling fucking sexy. It's like you want to be lean, you want to be athletic, you want to be toned. This is how you do it. Eat high protein diet, you train resistance training, and you're in a calorie deficit for a period of time. And then you get to a point and you're like, sweet. I like how I look. I'm damn sexy. You don't have to be in a calorie deficit anymore. You can bump up those calories, get them into a maintenance state, still be stimulating your your body with resistance training of some kind, still eating a moderate to high protein uh, diet. And then you're going to be sweet right good question rocky tylo I like where your head's at good that you're differentiating between fat loss and uh, weight loss all right we've had a comment here here chef 97 has said is it okay if my body weight does not reduce but i get inch loss and so what you, i guess you mean is that you're losing inches from let's say your waist but your weight is not going down And yeah, that's absolutely fine. So this brings you back to the point we were making a minute ago. Fat loss and weight loss. Weight is not really that big of a deal. Like like no guy or girl looks at someone and is like, oh, no, they're like 85 kilos or 72 kilos. Nah, (laughs) like weight doesn't fucking matter. Like it's just purely a thing that we use to look at how you're progressing but in combination with other things like if you are losing weight right what does that tell me fuck all pretty much tells me very little because you could have just been on your period right you might have just been on your period and then from that reference point to today you've lost weight you've not lost any fat but you've lost weight because your period and your hormones have changed and you're not soaring as much um water and inflammation that happens that is what most women go through every fucking month but it's not you've not made any progress towards your your body composition goals because it's just your body right you could be losing weight because you just did a massive went to the toilet right and you're like oh i'm losing weight from like a minute ago yeah but it's not helping you hit your body composition goals weight is not really a super important thing. Like what we should be looking at is weight in combination with inches, waist circumference as a minimum, but also wherever else that you're looking. For women, often we look at uh, circumference of the arm as well because you want to be focusing on losing fat around your triceps and potentially around the hips too. But also in combination with fat loss, like skin fold calipers potentially, or if you have electrical impedance tests, or if you have... DEXA scans, then we can look at fat loss that way. And also in combination with photos. Because we have objective images of how we look from week to week to week. Therefore, you can objectively see if you feel like you're looking better or not. You can see if you're looking thinner or not. It's really important that we don't just idolize weight as a thing, but actually we look at the big picture. And that's just the metrics that you track. We could also look at how has your training been? How has your food been? Have you been eating consistently the right foods? Have you been eating in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight? Um, because if your weight is going down and you've not been eating right, you've been eating way too much, for example, then I I would, that, that raises questions because the two pieces of information, they don't correlate. So in a very small time window, if I was to look at Let's say someone's food diet for a week, and they've been eating loads, and then <clears throat> across the same time frame, their weight is going down. That would be very questionable. I'm like, something's not going on. Here. Nothing. Not, something's not right here. Either you're not recording your food properly, or you're not doing your weight properly, or you've had some hormonal shift over that time frame, or <laughs> it could be that the starting point that you had when you weighed you're in a completely different physical state. Than when you weighed at the end of it like one piece of information aka okay, your weight isn't the be all and end all of progress so i think that when we start looking at things from a bigger picture perspective that's when you'll start to see things so um 97 asked is it okay if my body weight does not reduce if i get inches lost and i say yes it is absolutely not a problem because i know i haven't even talked about this but if you are in a, uh, if you are trying to lose body fat, your weight could stay exactly level because you might be losing body fat at the same as gaining muscle mass at the same time. So your body composition changes. Let's say you're 60 kilos, for example, and um, you're 10 percent. Oh no, no, let's use this one. Say you're 60, 60 kilos and you're 30 percent body fat. You could still remain 60 kilos, but drop to 20 percent body fat if you put on muscle mass and lost body fat. Your body fat can go down, your muscle mass can go up, your weight can stay exactly the same. Uh, But you would notice the change in your pictures and you'd notice a change in your waist circumference. There would be two clear markers that your body composition is changing, even though your weight is not changing. And then if we looked at your food and saw that you're eating in a calorie deficit, and if we looked at your training and saw that you were resistance training and doing some cardio, then I could add all of these pieces of information up and go, Do not change a fucking thing because it is working perfectly that you are building muscle mass and losing body fat at the same time. That is the dream. So you are crushing it, my darling. (laughs) Okay, this is a bit of a rogue question. Awesome, Maria, a regular here on The Lives. Great to have you, my darling, has asked, what's the best way to survive wisdom tooth extractions and staying on track with diet? Well, I must say that I feel lucky I've never had my wisdom teeth extracted because that would fucking suck. Um, And what my best advice would be to you is sometimes in life things are going to happen and it's going to make it really difficult. Having your wisdom teeth taken out is one of those situations, one of those scenarios whereby you will have to prioritise that over other things. Right. And it might be that you can't chew stuff for a couple of days. So having like really tough, fibrous foods is not the way to go. It might be you have, might have to have some like softer, mushier things. So like smoothies might be the answer to this. So I would suggest maybe you having like high protein smoothies with lots of fruits in, and lots of veggies might be a really great solution for you. Because then you can just drink it. Um, what I would just suggest is that and this is something which I would try to suggest to most people is that when things happen to you like wisdom teeth for example when other things happen to you that kind of get in the way it's really important to remember that health isn't like a light switch it's not on or off health is like a um i don't know it's like a (laughs) it's not binary (laughs) i'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head i couldn't all right i fucked up guys but basically it's not binary, okay? There's a million different levels. Instead of black and white, it's fucking gray. That's what health is, it's gray. And it goes through the whole spectrum. Just because you're having your wisdom teeth out, or just because you're having some other thing go on in life, it doesn't mean that instead of eating healthy, you're eating like shit. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's There's this huge gray space in the middle, and that's where most people live. That is where I live. I'd be a fucking liar if I told you I eat healthy all the time. I don't. Do you know what I have for breakfast? Pancakes. Do I feel bad about it? Fuck no. I loved it. I had pancakes with butter and some maple syrup. Delicious. But I'm eating within my calories that I need to eat through today. I'm eating the right amount of protein that my body needs. I am not trying to lose body fat and I went to the gym and crushed a fucking workout today. So do I feel guilty about having pancakes for breakfast? No would i recommend it as a healthy way of starting your day no i wouldn't pancakes are kind of what you'd probably call empty calories mainly carbohydrates processed carbs and sugar and some fat in the butter it's not the best way to start your day but i really enjoyed it and um sometimes i do that and that's fine because it's a gray space you know like if you are trying to lose body fat and you're on a very focused fat loss diet right if you're on a very focused plan where you're like right i want to lose this amount of weight i want to lose this much fat i want to build this much muscle i'm really focused as a priority in my life then i would say don't you fucking dare have pancakes for breakfast because that is a really stupid decision to make because in that moment you are trying to do something better you're trying to move forward you're trying to lose weight trying to lose fat you're trying to build muscle You've got a plan, you've got a goal, and every calorie that goes in is important that it gives you the most nourishment and it helps you towards your goal. However, if you're not trying to do that and you're just in a maintenance way of eating, you're not trying to change your body composition, then you can have a balance. You can have this gray space. So, Maria, what I would say to you in this situation is that if you are having your wisdom teeth out, probably just take a week of eating at maintenance and Maybe trying to get liquids in that have fruits and veggies in them and some protein, whey protein mixed with some milk, almond milk, whatever it is. A little bit of nut butter, maybe some veggies in there, some fruits in there. Get your five a day, blend that shit up and drink it. Make the most of the situation, basically. Um, right. Let's see what else you guys got. What other cool questions have we got in the comment section? um okay so maria just as an update has said with keto i feel like i'm dying i had to go back a week later and got stitches it's the worst yeah i can imagine how keto would be very very difficult to do after having your wisdom teeth out because keto is generally a very high fat high protein animal protein diet um that's pretty true. Uh, okay, D.TheGoat underscore has asked, how do you measure your body fat percentage? Great question, man. There's a bunch of different ways you can do it. Some are more reliable than the others. <clears throat> um, there's a, all have kind of pros and cons, right? So you've got skinfold calipers. This is something that you can buy off Amazon for like uh, as low as about 15 quid. Um, you can get skinfold calipers and they literally just pinch your skin and based on the thickness of this, across multiple sites, we'll do like usually a tricep, iliac crest, which is kind of just above your hip here, Um, subscapular, which is kind of underneath your shoulder blade and your um, abdomen as well. Kind of figure out, you you take pinches at all of those points. There's another ones you can do at seven points on the body as well. There's multiple different ways you can do this. But effectively, skinfold calipers, pinch, however much thickness that is equates Um, When you add them all up to a body fat percentage, although, as you can see with that, really because it's pinching the fat, it doesn't take into account your muscle mass. Because obviously. Body fat percentage is a percentage of your total mass, whereas if what we're doing is measuring absolute body fat levels, then it's very hard to give a percentage because if I weigh 60 kilos and have a score of, let's say, 30, and I weigh 90 kilos and have a score of 30, then they're the same absolute measure. It would give me the same percentage, even though actually my percentage would be much lower because I have much bigger muscles when I weigh 90 instead of 60, right? Um, The other way of doing it is electrical impedance tests. So this is when usually you'll stand on some scales and maybe you'll be given something to hold and it like measures your fat that way. Effectively, it's passing a very low uh, voltage through your body And it measures the resistance that your body produces on that current because fat and muscle and water, they have different resistance curves. Therefore, it can calculate how much body fat you have. These, they vary. The ones you get at home, they're usually pretty shit and unreliable. Um, Effectively, the more expensive the piece of equipment is, the more reliable it is. But with those kind of things, you want to do the test multiple times on the same day and get an average score, because I've seen on some very expensive equipment someone do it get a score do it again literally a second later and get a different score so it's important that you do these tests multiple times so you can get an average Um, another thing you can do is a DEXA scan that's effectively a big machine that in the UK we have to like book them gyms don't have these they're usually medical equipment and it basically just scans your body and it's super accurate. It's like a CAT scan, you know, um, or an, like an MRI CAT scan type machine where it literally like a medical grade machine. It scans your body and it gives you a super detailed uh, measurement of body fat levels. That's the most accurate, but it's also the most expensive and the least accessible. So usually what most people will do is um, <clears throat> skinfold calipers is very cheap and reliable repeatable something you can do at home if you're good at doing the measurements um most gyms will have the electrical impedance tests <clears throat> um because they look fancy and they are less intimate shall we say you know like for pts like let's check your body fat percentage and they go okay so ladies what i'm going to need you to do is take your top off so that we can measure the fat under your bra strap That's why gyms have electrical impedance tests because it makes you feel more comfortable. Um, But yeah, they've all got pros, they've all got cons. Generally, I would suggest going for the the skinfold caliper. Um, If you're good at it, then it gives you an opportunity to do it at home for free multiple times. Hmm. Right, let's get another question up. Um, All right, I'm going to dive into this one. (laughs) Uh, Right, so Yashid has said, sorry about this question. (laughs) I'm eating lots of protein, but I don't go to the bathroom every day. That's not normal, right? Um, Right, mate, so when it comes to going to the bathroom, it is important to try and have regular bowel movements. Um, It's a personal thing. Most people go once or twice a day. The truth is that if you're not eating enough fiber, then that makes it tricky if you can eat you could eat loads and loads of protein um, and you might not have regular bowel movements you might have problems with your digestion for other reasons like you're eating foods which don't don't um sit well with your stomach you might be eating something you're intolerant of and so what my main suggestion would be when it comes to this kind of stuff is get your fiber in first and foremost if you are having trouble with your bowel movements then it is important to just check if see if there is any foods that you are eating, which cause you bloating, right? Because bloating is an irritation of the bowel and can cause problems with digestion. Now, when it comes to um, food, we get the vast majority of our food, the val, sorry, we get the vast majority of the nutrition from our food, from our digestive system, obviously, right? Because we eat food and then it gets digested and in that process is where we get all the nutrients. So if you've got an irritated, inefficient digestive system, then it's going to be much harder for your body to get the nutrients out of the food which can mean that you, even though you might be eating the right stuff the majority of the time you're not actually able to get the nutrients out of them as well as you could do so trying to find any foods that you are intolerant of and removing those from your diet would be a really strong start um the other thing to mention is that if you're in a massive calorie deficit now what i mean by this you could be eating loads of protein you could have 90 percent of your calories come from protein right and 10% come from fat and none of it come from carbs and being a massive calorie deficit and you wouldn't go to the toilet every day because there's just not enough food coming through your body so your bowel movements are going to be very relative to what you put in your mouth if you don't eat very much not much is going to come out Um, if you're in a massive calorie deficit not much is going to come out if you exercise loads and loads and loads not much is going to come out Um, effectively you've got to think of your body as a system okay so at the top of the system is our mouth that's where we put energy in okay so energy comes in through the mouth then we've got the body which is the main part of the system energy comes out in the system by movement by talking by digestion by bodily functions by thinking all of that stuff is where energy comes out and um in kind of tandem with that if there's a lot of extra energy some of that will come out your digestive system as well now if there's some 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 energy left over that gets stored in the system as body fat okay so there's um, a few things we kind of talked about there which i think are relevant to the vast majority of people it's not often we talk about digestion but it's a really really important thing um, especially if you're trying to get in great shape sorting out your stomach first and foremost if you are not kind of regular with your bowel movements. If your bowel movements are um, either really hard or really soft, that's not great, you need to get some more fiber in. However, if you smash off like a whole broccoli a day, for example, if you are banging out like a whole bag of spinach or kale, then you can easily have too much fiber and that can actually slow things down. So as long as you're kind of sticking to your kind of five fruits and veggies a day, that should be sufficient to getting um, enough fiber to help you digest them, digestion, sorry. And also um, if you're generally eating whole foods, okay? So this means like if you're having loads of processed foods, um, then you are going to struggle to have effective digestive system with that because you're not actually getting the, the full nutrients from all of those foods that you're having. So they've already been partially digested and broken down. Right, just uh, seeing a comment, seeing that someone's um, asked a question, so I'm going to answer it. All right, so Muzamil has asked, where do you start as a beginner? At home, no gym due to corona. Thank you in advance. Um, I think you asked another question as well. So let's see if we have got that up. Brother, I have dumbbells and a barbell, just bought protein and all that stuff to total beginner where you start mate well okay where would I start what would be my best advice to you my best advice would be you've already kind of got dumbbells and a barbell which means that you've got such a wealth of exercises that you can do um if you can afford to get a coach because they'll be able to give you personalized completely personalized information but um my main advice for a beginner would be try and lift Try and do some resistance training twice a week as a minimum, right? Twice a week is good. If you are literally a novice, like you've never done it before, find someone to help you. Training is complicated. It is difficult. And having someone, even if it's just demonstrations to watch, to guide you, that is important. Having a friend that does it with you would be great. A coach, a family member, whatever. Um, So two sessions a week would be great. Start with a higher rep range. So you wanna be training like 15 repetitions per set to start off with full body workouts for sure and see how it feels. Like don't be a fucking hero. You don't need to be lifting heavy weights. You don't need to be like ego lifting and trying to put up the weight all the time. The important thing as a novice, as a beginner, for anybody that's trying to get into training is that technique, if you get good technique at the start, you will keep it forever if you get a bad technique at the start you're probably going to get injured at some point and you're going to need to try and change that technique and it's much harder to unlearn something and then learn something again so it'd be better to learn correct technique to start with and then you're going to be in a much better position to um kind of progress and like the fundamentals of moving the fundamental movement patterns are squat hinge, lunge, push, pull, carry. And what I mean by that is, squat is just, you know, a body weight squat, like this. Lunging is effectively just a forward lunge. So what I mean by that is a unilateral movement, i.e. you're doing something on one leg and not on two legs, like a lunge. A hinge is like a deadlift, so we're hinging over like this with a nice flat back, so we're training that posterior chain, your glutes and your hamstrings, push, push something away with your hands, either pushing up or in front and pull, pulling things towards you from above or in front, um, and then also carrying something. So what we're doing there is we're, let's say we're carrying a dumbbell. I don't actually have any around me right now, but let's say you're carrying a dumbbell. You're gonna challenge your body to be able to maintain form under load in varying different conditions. So let's say I was carrying a dumbbell in a goblet position, and I was walking like this, yeah, I have to stabilize using my core, using my upper body, using my hips, to be able to uh, hold that load. So if you think of it as like a functional movement, very similar to carrying a suitcase, carrying your shopping into the house, moving your furniture around the house, for example, all of those fundamental movement patterns, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, carry, they are what you should be basing your training around. Do not try and do crazy shit. Do not watch, like, a bodybuilder's program and he's like, this is the best way to get massive chest. You do, like, 20 sets of this and then 20 sets of this and then 20 sets of this and then da da and then drop set and super set and quad set and da-da-da. You're like, mate, you don't need that, <laughs> okay? That is like saying the only car is a fucking Ferrari. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be, it's nice to have a ferrari one day in the future but really if you if your first car was a ferrari you would miss out on the joys of driving all of those other cars up until a ferrari because the truth is that once you've had something that's fucking all the way up here then all these other things seem less impressive and less um less stimulus less stimulating so um dude start simple Fundamental movement patterns, train twice a week as a minimum to start off with, full body sessions, do not do isolation exercises to start off with, and then steadily build it up. Hope that answered your question, my man. Great question. Glad to have you here. Thanks so much for getting involved. Um, We're going to circle back because Andrea's asked a question about bloating. Am I familiar with exercise-induced bloating? Um, a little bit. I found that when I run, I, I, I think that this is a thing that people have experienced as well, is that if you run a lot, um, then people notice they do get some like gastrointestinal issues sometimes. Um, you know, that's part and parcel of the process, I think. Uh, I don't think that it's massively to do with food. I think it's more to do with the exercise. I can't really comment too much on it. It's not my area of specialty. And so it's probably safer that if you are suffering from um, real bad bloating due to exercise that you speak to a doctor and find out if there's anything going on intestinally with you that is going to cause this. Um, and maybe some things that you can do to reduce it. <coughs> uh, okay. Luam, 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 Luami, Luam me.? I? Underscore M. Sh- you should sleep. Is it preferable? Okay, Hang I'm gonna read this out. No, you should sleep. It is preferable to exercise early in the morning because you will get fresh air and sunlight, which are good for your health. Less of a question, more of a statement. I mean, yeah, you know what? There's actually there's a sunset literally right here. It's it's beautiful. Um, <clears throat> getting up early in the morning, like we t- talked about earlier, is only really beneficial if you are an early riser. If you are someone which um like wants to sleep in later in the day then do that if you can Um, yes getting fresh air is good yes getting sunlight is also very beneficial and there has been studies to suggest that looking at the sun as it goes down is very very good for your health so sunsets and sunrises although beautiful are also magical for your health Um, here shetty 97 has asked can having pcos hold you back from even losing body fat because I get bloated so very much as I forgot to mention earlier about this and it makes your body feel very heavy. Yes, PCOS is tricky. Um, it does make it harder to lose body fat. And I trained a lady for a number of years who struggled with her PCOS. <clears throat> and uh, it's polycystic ovary syndrome for those that don't know the acronym. And it is, it's is—it's tricky, you know, it, it does make things harder. And Really, all you can do is follow the best advice that we would give to people who are not suffering from PCOS, training regularly, exercising with resistance training and cardio, eating in a calorie controlled diet, having a high protein diet. These are all things which we would recommend to anyone. And it's the same situation for you. Unfortunately, there isn't really a magic pill. Um, Kind of this is the miracle cure to PCOS. Unfortunately, there isn't really one. Uh, but do the best that you can, and it is your body, so I think it's a case of accepting that situation and then um, moving as much as you can to do with it. <clears throat> right, I think let's see if we've got another another question, and then we're going to start to wrap things up. Um, okay, here we go. Cool, I like this. In the easiest years. Okay, actually wait, this is from Naomi. Mm, psycho cre- psychological creativity in these years working on your body what improvements have you felt in your mind that's a great question i love that we're bringing this towards the mental side of things because let's be honest guys <clears throat> the vast majority of the reason that we train that we exercise that we want to get healthy is because we want to feel we want to feel something like we might want to lose some weight. We might want to get healthy. But why? Because we want to feel something. And so for me personally, what improvements I felt in my mind, many. Training, fitness, exercise, they play such a role in my life for my happiness, my contentment my satisfaction of life if i don't train for an extended period of time i feel sluggish i feel slow i feel lazy i feel unhealthy when i train it's like a release has happened and and i feel alive again i feel like i'm progressing in my life i'm doing something proactive and that kind of snowballs onto other things you know you hear people say like Oh, I, I eat better when I train and like everything kind of combines together. Like we, we start training and therefore we eat better. Therefore we go to sleep earlier. Therefore we stop drinking as much. Therefore we are working better at work. Therefore our, we earn more. Therefore our boss is happier with us. Therefore the wife or the, the husband is happier with us because we're eating more. Sorry, we're making more money and like we are happier and all these things. And like, they snowball so I think that for me like the improvements in my mind from 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 trainings I get a reduction of anxiety it training's been a thing for me to be able to release you know when I'm working out I'm not thinking about social media I'm not thinking about work I'm not thinking about an argument that I might have had I'm not thinking about Anything other than training. I'm thinking about pushing that heavy ass weight away from my body. I'm thinking about keeping a consistent pace on the rower. I'm thinking about not letting myself give in to the fact that it's uncomfortable. Training your body has a huge knock-on effect to your mind. And I think we all agree that there's a huge benefit to us of training we might be training for body composition, we might be training for physical performance but actually it's what goes on up here, feeling more confident, feeling more sexy, feeling more content with yourself, feeling proud of yourself for doing something, these are all things that we're really chasing, these are the things that really make us want to continue, they fill us with motivation and inspiration and continued accountability to ourselves, your body is a vehicle which carries your mind through this world let's keep that vehicle strong and fit and capable so that our mind can experience all the beauties that this world has to offer that's what's helped me guys i am going to leave you on that note i hope you've all had a great time i hope you've enjoyed this live as always uh, it's going to be on the grid so please show it some love double tap show you some hearts And, um, you know, if there was a question I didn't get to answer today, please put it in the comment section and I will answer it for you on the grid. All right, team. Much love. See you all soon. Peace out.